You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 29th. The year 2020, and as we ramp up our preparation for the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day, we are joined by Shane Larson today as he helps us dive a little bit deeper to get to know what the Buckeyes can do to slow down the Tigers on Friday. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye. That is correct, Shane Larson. On Twitter, you may find him, you, you may interact with him already. He's known as the Game Time Guru at the Game Time Guru on Twitter, at Game Time Guru on Instagram, and you will find some great content. And this is a time period he will tweet about, and we're tweeting a lot about the Sugar Bowl, the Buckeyes versus the Tigers. Shane and I have a fun time and enjoyable time talking about the game this weekend, talk a little bit about fields, a little bit about Trey Sermon, and a lot about preparation and what the Buckeyes can do to slow down the Tigers on Friday. So I'm going to back away, bring in Shane, and allow us to get to know more about what the Buckeyes could do to slow down the Tigers in the Sugar Bowl. And joining us now here on the Locked on Buckeyes podcast, it is a gentleman that I have done some work with previously on the Jay Stevens podcast. And it's someone that I think I got in contact with Ohio State-wise. We're connected via Corey Thompson, who was on the podcast towards the beginning of the season. It is Shane Larson here, also known as the Game Time Guru, or as he also calls himself, the Boise Buckeye. Shane, how you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. I'm excited to talk about the Buckeyes, baby. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shane, big game coming up on Friday. And with the most recent game that the Buckeyes played, well, back-to-back games, they were without 20, I think 22, 23 players in both of those games. Michigan State, the Buckeyes looked one way against the Wildcats, that good defense that they have. They, they looked another way. We're going to start just talking about the possibility of having a full team this week against the Clemson Tigers. What do you think having a full team in practice and even in the game will do to the psyche or the mentality of this team at kickoff? Yeah, man. I mean, just having a full team is huge, I, especially considering the season, right, Jay? Because if you're looking at Ohio State, they, they didn't get any, any rhythm this whole entire year. We're talking they couldn't figure out when they were going to start the season. And when they do start the season, I mean, you got, especially the very end of the year, you're getting games canceled left and right. You couldn't even finish a full slate of games in, in your small schedule. And even those last couple of games that they did get to play, obviously, like you said, not everybody there. So I think if they can get, that's a big if, but if they can get everybody healthy and they come to, to the game with a full roster, the the psyche, the mentality has got to be like, hey, this is our chance to prove that we are who we thought that we were, you know, before the season started. Obviously, the season hasn't gone the way we wanted it to as far as like health-wise and whatnot with this pandemic, but this is the time that we get to prove that. And I think they'll be pumped, man. I think they're going to be excited. Now, whether or not they they have a rhythm going together, that's another question. But from the mentality standpoint, I think it's going to be massive for their, for their pump up, for their confidence. It's going to be huge. It will be, and not just the players that will be back, but you also have some coaches that have been out the past couple games as well. It is very unfortunate, as I think about it, talking about how the the Buckeyes have had, as what I call them, three unexpected bye weeks. So you get a little momentum, you get the season, beginning of the season, start off well, you have a big win over the Hoosiers, and I believe the very next game was canceled. Now, my dates may be wrong, but you have a cancellation beginning of the season, cancellation the week before Michigan State, 
the game itself against the Wolverines. That was canceled. And then you have another bye week in between the Big Ten Championship and the Sugar Bowl, the playoffs games that were already scheduled at this time. So this is not an unexpected time period, but the Buckeyes have had some time period to get used to playing a little bit, having a game off, playing a little bit, having a game off. How do you think them having those unexpected bye weeks, Shane, will be will it be an advantage or a disadvantage for the Buckeyes going up into the Sugar Bowl? So I, I don't think it's an advantage. I heard a couple of people, maybe it was Reese Davis uh, on ESPN. Somebody was talking about how they're they're well-rested and so forth. I'm like, no, dude, anybody who's competed at, in sports at some capacity understands it. Like when you have all these breaks in between, you cannot find a rhythm. Obviously you like to heal up and get your body, get your body right. Uh, but the, the Buckeyes didn't play enough games to get like drastically hurt and need to rest up major injuries or anything of that nature. They were battling a pandemic that we're battling in the, in the entire globe for that matter. So it was a little bit different situation. So I don't think any of this time off, the, it's a bad thing. Like they don't, they're not, it's, there's no rhythm. There's no timing. And we've seen that in the games that we've been watching, right? It's just different than what we're used to, to seeing at the, at the end of the season. All it was about was get the W we've got to get the W let's win the game and let's let everything else pan out afterwards. Now I will say this, Jay, I, I do think, honestly, you can't like, you, you can't tell me another team. Obviously, Clemson had some issues at the beginning of the season, too, with this, this COVID-19 stuff because mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. losing a lot of guys on defense. They had to go through it. They went through a loss um, at, Clint, or sorry, at Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Or sorry, middle of the year um, without Lawrence and stuff. So they went through some adversity as well. These two teams are very similar in that regard. But Ohio State's had some tough like, – I mean, being in the Big Ten, which you know I think they were screwed from the beginning. Let's just be 100% real um, with, with everything that went down. They didn't give them a lot of leeway. If you didn't start the season on time in September, then you don't have the leeway – near the end of the year to, the, to reschedule games and shift things around, um, which the other conferences had. And I think that was unfortunate. But the Buckeyes, I mean, literally this year, although they've played, what, six games, it's been such a mental grind. I don't think you can throw anything at them that they're not expecting anymore. Like, they're, they're ready for anything at this point. And they've proven that they can fight adversity. This is an unprecedented season, and Ohio State has answered it every single time. So I, in that regard, I'm actually stoked about it because they've been having these bye weeks. Well, guess what? Now you've thrown everything at them. Let's go out there and play the game. They, they, can't be, they can't be shook. College football is heading into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. Guys, bowl season, playoffs, we love them. We're in the heart of what's going on right now in both leagues that we love Get tapped in. Bet online has you covered. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Betting on the Ohio State Buckeyes doesn't have to be a guessing game. 
if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Shane, I'm a person, and I'm just going to make a quick statement here, see what what your thoughts are about this. I'm a person that, even going back to the BCS era and then the college football playoff era we're currently in, I didn't like having the month off in between the conference championship game up until either the BCS Bowl or national championship or the playoff or semifinal games, which are going to be played coming up on New Year's Day. I was not a fan of that style of play or that that much time off. I mean, what are you going to have, 35, I think sometimes 40 days off in between games when you're playing? Your body is <laughs> your body is not game ready. Your body's game ready. But your body starts going back into that practice mode, not going into the game mode, because game mode is completely different mentally and physically than practices. And for coaches, a game is different than a practice. Your preparation, if you have two weeks off, is different than it it is if you have a game, and then the next week a game, then the next week a game. I think that having just a week off or a couple weeks off in between, or one week off in between the conference championship and the bowl game itself will actually make this be better for both teams both Clemson and Ohio State we'll talk more about the matchup here in a second but both for both teams because they don't have the time to oh I got Christmas I got Thanksgiving oh Thanksgiving I, I play I, I played a bit the biggest game of the year but I got Christmas coming up and oh, I'll get to go home for Christmas so I get to see grandma I get to see mom I get to see, in a regular in a normal year just not trying to say like it's happening this year no players would, would be guarded but in a normal year I get to see my mom my dad, I can see my, my nieces, my nephews, my brother, my sister. Oh, I can see my girlfriend who I haven't seen for a while because she goes to another school. There's so many things that are pulling the mentals of these kids that you don't know that they won't have this year. And I'll say this very quickly. I think it was the 2012 or 2013, I think it was 2013 BCS National Championship. We'll all remember, we all had our, our own jokes about Manti Teo and the invisible girlfriend that he had. But that man had a month, literally a month from the last game they played, I think it was against USC that year, all the way through until the BCS National Championship game against Alabama. And I'll grant it, Alabama was the better team. I don't think that if they played, they had a bite like one week in between games. I don't think it would have been a different story. I still think Alabama would, would have rolled them. But Manti Teo was not himself nope. that game at all. And possibly having that month off was detrimental and a bad thing for him. But I'm looking forward to Ohio State and Clemson as they're both preparing for this game this weekend. The less time off, I think Shane will actually allow this game to be played a whole lot better than it would have been if you had 35 to 40 days off in between both games. I'm right there with you, Jay. I'm going to, in regards to this little break here, I love that. I hated the month off. There are advantages to that, especially from a coaching standpoint. You can come up with new schemes, come at people with a a couple different ideas here and there and and throw them off because they have a full season's worth of film on you. Um, That was an advantage if you want to call it that, but yeah, you get, you mess up the timing. And in sports, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is mm-hmm. all timing and rhythm, especially from the athlete standpoint. You can see Ohio State right now, is especially on the defensive front, even their linebacking core, they're starting to find a rhythm. They're finding their timing. They're find, they're trusting each other. They're starting to figure out when to pass somebody off in coverage to the next guy. And they're they're figuring out leverage on the off front, or sorry, on the on the on the line of scrimmage. And you don't want to mess that up. This this way, you're you're keeping it after it. You're 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 timing your rhythm and your your focus is football. It kind of reminds me of the NBA playoffs when they restarted those this last season mm-hmm. in Orlando mm-hmm. and what they called the bubble, right? Everyone thought it was weird. I actually loved it because the guys were so focused on basketball and no yeah. crowd, no nothing else. It was just focused on basketball. I'm sure it was really crazy for them. But this kind of reminds me of that in the sense you're, you're shortening everything, no, no long breaks. We're going to focus on football, get the season done, and you're going to get some high-quality football, same as you got in basketball, high-quality basketball. I expect to see the same thing here with both programs. 
you mentioned rhythm. You mentioned that word a couple times. And there was a player that I'm going to say is literally in mid-season form. Only played six games this year. Uh, we talked about the unexpected bye weeks and the games that the Buckeyes didn't play due to COVID-19 and issues that were there. Trey Sermon, going into the season, I was very high on him because I thought a thunder and lightning style of backfield with Teague and Sermon together, which would be a great compliment, a great piece that would help fields literally settle in and just be a lot calmer there in the pocket. We saw Trey Sermon run for 300 plus in the big 10 championship game. And it was, that wasn't the only time it wasn't just like the second half where he broke off. He had some decent runs early in the game, but the bulk of his carries came in the second half. I believe he had 22 carries total, over 200 yards in the second half alone. Speaking of a rhythm, I think Trey Sermon, Shane, is finding his rhythm with the Buckeyes. It's just unfortunate it's a shortened season because if he played 12 games, we could see him have a phenomenal second half of the year. But with him getting into his rhythm, it could be one thing the Buckeyes could say, hey, young man, we're going to get you more carries because you're doing a phenomenal job getting used to this offense. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I I'm a, I'm fully like on the the sermon train right now. I I love the way he plays, and I liked it even when he was with you know in, in the Big Twelve. Like everybody's like, oh well, he's playing these defenses that were nothing. No, no, no. He was in an offense that that was similar to what we are playing. Just keep that in mind. Coming out of the shotgun, giving your time some, giving your offensive line some time to shift over. You're coming five yards out of the backfield, and then you hit the holes. It takes time. It takes rhythm. It takes all this like experience with the team. He didn't get a lot of carries. They were fighting with Teague at the beginning of the season, but you could even see it before this last game with Northwestern. He was starting to understand where his line was going to go, where the cutback holes were, where everything was at. And then he started hitting the holes, dude. And not only that, man, if you look at this game, it's like you said, the beginning of the game, he was hitting the holes. And then obviously Northwestern was wearing down, wearing down, wearing down. Then he was hitting some big runs. Like those, those four yard runs turned into eight yard runs yep. and more than that. Even it was kind of like one of those things that you saw with Ezekiel Elliott against uh, the Alabamas and the, and the Oregons in, in that college football playoff. And then um, in, in the inaugural season, right? It's that kind of a feeling that I had with him. And the cool thing is, is he's fresh one and two, his yards after contact. He is, he's stronger than people think. I'm yeah. so like on the sermon train, like Teague is a great running back. He's tough, but for this style of offense where you need to like be, you know, somewhat agile left or right, kind of have some agility and then explode. People keep thinking that sermon's like the skinny back. That's going to get knocked down. Dude. He, he has the ability to move forward and get an extra two or three yards per carry. He's stronger than he appears. And that's what he was showing at the end of the season. So I'm actually super excited for him. He's got a rhythm. We'll see what Clemson brings. They're really good at stacking the box. And so I'm, ex I, we'll see what happens at the line of scrimmage. They're going to force fields to throw the ball a little bit, but if you can do that, you can open it up a little bit, get him to the second level. You're going to see some big runs from him. We'll talk fields and then hop over to the Clemson side very quickly, but Justin Fields, he struggled a little bit. And it's not just something that we're seeing this year. Last year, he struggled as well. It's just, they had so many weapons on the outside, his deficiencies and where he struggled. It wasn't really exposed or put on front street because we're in a we're in an era where if you're putting up crazy numbers whatever 40 touchdowns to one interception people will forsake and not even look at the the bad parts of your game and I say bad because Fields has some bad parts in his game why do you think he struggles in the way that he does I think he just tries too hard man I think it comes from his competitiveness his his willingness to win he wants to do whatever he can to help the team go I can get that as a competitor um, you'll, you'll see it. You know, he threw some, his interceptions that he's thrown on the year. A lot of those came because he just wouldn't either one, take the sack or mm -hmm. two, throw it away. Mm -hmm. And we all hate that, right? When you're watching a game, a sack makes you so mad more than anything else. You're just like, oh, are you kidding me? You're screaming. But then when he throws a pick, you're like, 
why didn't you just take the sack? You know, we all, we all feel it to some degree. And I'm sure he has that same feeling as a quarterback. He doesn't want to take the sack. He doesn't want to throw the ball away. He wants to make something happen. Um, I think that's just the competitor in him. He's got to be able to reel that in a little bit. Um, I expect Clemson to be bringing stuff to him, man. So he, he struggles when he gets a lot of pressure because he's trying to make plays happen. And he's so athletic. He's not used to being taken down. He's used to making these plays all through high school. That's how he was. And so I think now he's, he's just trying to make a play and, and show that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think that's where it comes. Um, you know, obviously there's some things from his mechanics and whatnot, and just from his, his decision-making, even when he's not under pressure that he needs to work on. Uh, but that's just because he's young. I mean, last year was his first true year playing at the college level and he did it ex extremely well and efficiently. Like he was very good. Um, and so now people have film on him. They know where to kind of scheme their coverages to try to make him make plays. And he he's going to have to learn how to do that. Uh, but I think it just comes down to his competitive nature and he wants to make plays happen, man. What do you think Clemson will do to try to, make Justin Fields continue, continue to struggle. I think what they're going to do is drop people back in coverage. They're going to disguise their blitzes for one. So they're going to put him into to situations where he's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. And they're going to drop back people into coverages uh, into zones where it's going to be like, he's got to let go of the ball quick, or he's going to throw a pick. Um, some of that you'll see that with Clemson, they fly around everywhere. They'll disguise some blitzes, but with them, if you do not make the decision quickly, you can cause some, it'll cause problems. You got to get the ball out of your hands and not be indecisive. And that's one of the things I think that works against him is he's at times he can be indecisive. That being said, you know, it comes down, he, he does make a lot of pre-snap reads, which I think is great. That's the whole idea of play calling. You put your guys in a position, you know where you're going, but if Clemson can counter that, he's going to need to know how to get into the second and third reads and make a decision quickly with that. So sometimes Clemson will make you think you got something on the outside. All of a sudden they're putting a cover three. And then all of a sudden you're making your second or third read while you got pressure coming up at you. So I think they're going to just disguise a lot of coverages um, and then come at him with pressure and make him get to his second or third read even. And that's where he struggles when he has to make it through his progressions. Um, that's what they'll do. It's not saying he can't attack that though. I think he's good enough and he's talented enough to, to counter that. We all have those moments where it seems like we are stuck. We're exhausted. We're mentally and physically worn down and we need something to provide a little pick me up well the people that have brought us built bar have also brought us built go whether it's a mental or physical wall break through it with go every day it's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket to get through the day built go is the best workout gel on the market it's five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural so it's better for your body built go combines energy gel with collagen protein built go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you will get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked for 20 percent off at builtgo.com NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I think he is too. There's a couple things with this defense of Clemson. And guys, we'll talk, those listening to this, this is on Tuesday. We'll talk about this more throughout the week leading up into the game. But Clemson, number 24, Nolan Turner, is out for the first half. I think it was due to a targeting call. I don't know exactly why he's out. I know he's out for the first half of the game. 
But also, Clemson has had numerous guys miss game, miss time due to injury. And one of them being James Skowski, their signal caller on defense. So these guys are hungry. They're not just hungry because they know what Ohio State is, but they're just hungry because they haven't been able to play as many games as they as they would love to, as they would love to. So it's going to be added pressure to Fields. But I do believe Fields is up, is going to be able to have the mentality to attack what is there and what's available. Just looking to see how, once he goes through set read number two, read number three, what his mindset is going through that. On the other side of the ball, the fields on one side, phenomenal talent. But then you got Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence on the other side, who is literally looking to close out his collegiate career with a national championship because I believe he's already stated that he's going to the NFL after this year. Trevor Lawrence going up against this Ohio State defense. How does the defense in your eyes attempt to slow him down? Because that's a, that's a big ask. Yeah, that's a really tough ask, especially this season. Uh, you're going to have to contain him. The guy can run. That's like his, his like very silent weapon is his legs, um, which is weird for quarterback his size and his stature. But we saw it last year in the Fiesta Bowl, and we – we saw it against Notre Dame last week or week and a half ago, and we're, it's, it's just something that he does. You've got to contain him. That being said, he does have some diff- – he has some flaws to his game as well. Let's not act like Trevor Lawrence is the perfect quarterback. He right, is right. probably the most NFL-ready quarterback that we could probably see in college football at this point, but he does have flaws in his game like any, any other quarterback does. I think our defensive line, our front seven really – I mean, they've stepped up their game. Even when we had like guys coming in last week trying to, you know, fill in the gaps, they played well. They, uh, they are they flying did. to the ball. They're getting leverage and they're getting containment. So you've got to contain him and get pressure. What my biggest thing is if you can get pressure up the middle of the line and still set the edge to where he can't just tuck it and run on the outside, you got to get pressure up the middle and force him to make, you know, either throw it off his back foot so he doesn't have as much power and accuracy or get him to roll out just a tad and chase him. Uh, make sure that you're containing him. And it's not that it's, it sounds like, oh, well, that's easier said than done, Shane, but I don't think it is. I think you can actually do that with the talent we have on the front line. You can get the pressure up the middle. They're good enough. They're talented enough. They're strong enough to get that pressure on the front line. And then on the outside, getting the containment, I, we can do it. Uh, we'll have to disguise some blitzes, but I, I do not want to see us just let them sit back there for 20 minutes to throw the ball because our, our secondary is suspect this year. It's not nearly what it was last season. And that's not saying they're not as talented. It's just saying that they haven't found a rhythm. Nobody's been healthy. They can't play together. They're all trying to play different positions. It's tough. And so you're going up against an elite quarterback, an elite running back, and some really good wide receivers. So you gotta, you can't just let them sit back there and pick us apart. You're going to have to get pressure on them. And that's what I think we got to do. Obviously, we know that. But that comes down to the defensive scheme. How do you get the pressure on them? Disguise some blitzes and just overall get physical and get up the middle. Shane, before we get out of here, I got to ask a question about Travis Etienne because I have flashbacks all the time going back to last year's bowl game against Clemson where that man, he gets a little bit of space, he's gone. And I don't mean just like gone like Trey Sermon, there's a guy right behind him on his shoulder or Master Teague where they get a break, a 60-yard run. They're literally trying to wiggle back and forth in the zigzag so they don't get, don't get tackled. Travis Etienne is one of the best running backs that I've seen in a while. Now, I'm not going to say he's the best, he's not a perfect running back. But I'm talking about like elusiveness and the speed and his ability to wiggle and miss tackles. It's elite, man. And it's not just this year. He did the same thing last year. And even I believe his first, when he first got on the scene at Clemson, I was talking to a, a writer that covers Clemson. They're like, this guy's going to be good. And he continues to be good. And I was amazed that he didn't go to, to the NFL last year. Maybe, yep. maybe because they didn't win a national championship, but he could have gone out last year. That's how good of a running back he is. Buckeye fans have flashbacks to last year's game, and they're wondering, Shane, maybe from you, 
how would you go about trying to slow him down? I say slow because you can't stop him. He's too good to stop. Just got to try to find a way to slow him and contain him. Man, okay, dude, I love the guy. He's yeah. the best running back, in my opinion, in college football. I know people are going to hate me from Alabama for saying that. Ohio State might not like me for saying that, but I think he is the most talented running back in college football. I think he's ready for the NFL. He should have been last year. That's what I, I thought, too. Um, I was at that Fiesta Bowl last year. Um, it makes me sick sometimes watching the highlights and thinking about the atmosphere and just what was going on. He is so good. The what, reason he's good, Jay, is because of his ability. He's so dynamic. He can yeah. run the ball out of the backfield, and he can catch the ball. That's what you want, somebody who can – you can be a threat in the passing. He's, he's reliable at least and getting the ball in his hands. Obviously he has some flaws too, but dude, it's the second he gets going. If he gets like two yards of room to get moving, he is strong and he is fast. He's just super powerful and explosive. So he can just get going. My thing is if you take Ohio state's been known this year to miss a lot of open field tackles. It's like, what are you doing? But if you look at the Northwestern game, they were missing tackles at the very beginning of the game. And everyone's like, Oh, great. We look like paper people on defense, just running right through us. Like everybody was just going through the receivers were breaking tackles. Nobody could tackle. All of a sudden it was like Ohio state remembered how to tackle. You can tackle people quickly, get to the ball and close and slow somebody down. That's where you got to contain, right? So, so many guys like corners and safeties and linebackers that are running up on a guy who's kind of an open space. So they do, they'll get, uh, they'll get ETN in open space, get him the ball on like a swing route or whatever it may be or right in the middle of the field. And someone's like, you know, five, six yards coming at him at an angle. All he has to do is do a little shift and go. It's because people are just like beelining it to the to the ball carrier, hoping to just get a hand on him. You got to slow down, understand he might get a couple of yards on the run, but slow down to contain him. Because if you beeline it at him, he all he has to do is shift and go. And then as soon as he starts moving, he's going to get another 10, 15, 20, and then he's gone. So don't beeline it at him. Get to him, close, and wait for your guys to get there. It's gang tackling. It goes down to basics that you learn in peewee football. Gang tackle, but don't just like beeline and just dart at him breakdown hopefully that you, you can get him to slow down just a tad until you can get some help to come and get him but it's going to be very difficult to just go one-on-one -on -one tackles with this guy they're going to try to get him in open space that's his strength okay great get him wrap him up and and pull him down and same thing when he gets the ball and he's running it up the middle okay cool if you're a lineman and you're engaged on a block and you can't get off get one hand on his leg and hope the linebackers can come in and close on him but get a hand on him you can't just let him run through you like paper people you gotta get a hand on him so do something and hope for your your teammates to get get a gang tackle Shane, this has been fun, man. So much fun just talking Buckeye football with you. Do you have any lasting comments about the game itself, Sugar Bowl, Ohio State, or Clemson, and some things you would love to leave the people with? Yeah, man. Uh, this is a game that I am, like, I'm literally going into it with I, – I truly don't know what's going to happen because I don't know which Buckeyes we're going to see, which actually makes it exciting. Uh, just for all the Buckeyes fans out there, I'm not the most confident, but I will say this. I do think we can win because we've shown glimpses of what we can do. So if you're not confident, you're kind of like me, you're like, oh, this isn't last year's team. Well, it wasn't built like last year's team. This whole season's not like last year. So why not throw this game in there and go after them? I think we have a, a possibility of, of getting after it as long as Fields is healthy, one, with his thumb. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we have just as much of a shot as anybody else does. Um, there's three top teams in the league right now, or sorry, in, the, in, the, in college football right now, in my opinion. That's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. That's by the rankings, but I truly believe they're the three most talented teams. I think Notre Dame's a little bit on the outside, but those are the tier one football teams we have just as much of a shot as Alabama or Clemson. We're all in that same realm. I'm excited to see what happens. Who gets out there? We've got to make mistake-free football and punch them in the mouth like we did last year. Get physical. We're just as physical as they are, and I, I think people forget that. No, Ohio State's just as physical as Clemson. They might have the championship banners just in the recent years, but we're just as physical as them, and we're just as talented. That is correct. Shane, if you would, let people know where they can connect with you on social media, and then also some of the stuff you're doing, um, talking about the Buckeyes as well. 
Yeah, yeah. So if you guys want to follow me, feel free to do so on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my main platforms. On Twitter, just go follow me at the Game Time Guru. Happy to chat with anybody, especially Buckeyes fans. Love you guys on here, Buckeye Twitter. It's awesome. Uh, Instagram, it's at Game Time Guru. That's the name of my actual show. Is the Game Time Guru. That's why I go by that. Uh, but yeah, follow me on any of my platforms if you want to, you know, chat with me. I always love interacting. And then yeah, uh, as far as the the the, the Buckeye stuff. We have the Scarlet and Great Empire podcast network that we began this season. Obviously, it's been a little odd because of the year. Uh, we planned on hitting it full force, but obviously, uh, it's been a little bit odd. So I've been helping out with uh, Corey and Johnny with the Scarlet and Great podcast. And then I've been doing the Group of Five Dive, which is a little segment for Group of Five schools. So go follow us on uh, the Scarlet and Great Empire on YouTube if you want to. Check out some of the content because we'll be hitting it full force 2021. Shane, forgive me, man. I completely spaced. I don't know why I was all, all Ohio State the whole time. Let people know about your show, The Game Time Guru, oh. simply because it's unique, it's different, nothing crazy, uh, but it's it's unique and it's different. And it's a show that not only unique to you, but I don't know many people that are, that are trying to do what you're doing with your own podcast. So if you could take some time, and forgive me for not mentioning this earlier, take some time to explain more about your podcast, what makes it unique and what kind of things people can learn about if once they listen to your show. Oh, well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, so the name of the podcast is The Game Time Guru, hence the name of all my my or my, my social media handles. So The Game Time Guru, uh, we set it up four years ago. Uh, January 2017 is when it was established, so we're coming up on four years. I interview sports figures from all over the globe, um, and that's, I mean, we've hit 88 different countries. Uh, it's, it's grown substantially. Uh, I love, my whole mantra is delivering a panoramic view on sports. So if any of you guys love, you know, hearing from, you know, athletes, coaches, broadcasters, whatever it may be, anybody. And it doesn't have to be like, I've, I've had like people like Bruce Buffer on my show, Jerry Stackhouse. I've had local guys from here in my own town, like high school athletes winning state championships, kind of just getting the stories from everybody. I've got people that have, you know, played spike ball, a professional spike ball player. I've got female hockey players, all sorts of different athletes and sports figures from all over the globe, because I want to share that everybody has a story and we can learn from everybody and how sports aren't just for dumb jocks, right? I, I always hated that as an athlete. Like people always thought I was a dumb jock. Um, I hated that, that whole stigma. Um, so I'm trying to share people's stories, letting, letting them come, come on and, and share what they've learned through sports, share their journeys uh, with everybody. And uh, yeah, so that's what I do every Friday. Got a new episode. It's called the game time guru. Um, come, come check it out. It's on any podcast platform that you want to see it on. Um, and uh, come, come learn from different sports figures. We're happy to talk with you guys. Thanks, Shane. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you going a little bit more in depth into your podcast, um, The Game Time Guru, because it really is unique, not just to you, but for what you're providing for sports fans all around the world. Um, this has been fun, guys, talking Buckeye football. Big game this week, and I thoroughly enjoyed talking about the game with Shane. Thanks so much for coming on here to Locked on Buckeyes. Appreciate you, Jay. Thanks so much, man. And that's all she wrote. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You can always follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye. Remember guys, five-star reviews, five-star reviews. Fill up the review section on Apple with five-star reviews. Other places you can listen to and enjoy Locked on Buckeyes are Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and even iHeartRadio. Just to name a few places you can subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes so you don't miss a beat. Buckeyes have a big game in basketball tomorrow night against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. We'll talk about that tomorrow and continue our preparation for the Sugar Bowl.